All right, we are ready to talk Tesla and tech. And for that, we bring in Dan Ives, Managing Director of Equity Research at Wedbush Securities. Dan, good to see you. Thank you for being here. Okay, so you cut the target from 360 to 300. It just was at 202 for a low. So 300 is still a nice move higher. What will drive it? I mean, it had record record numbers, right? Record production, four plants. It's the number one vehicle in Germany. They have these plants all over the world. They don't have the supply chain issues that some of the other companies have. Um, what makes Tesla this winner that you just stay on board with it almost no matter what? Yeah, I mean, look, Nicole, I view it similar as I viewed Apple the last decade. I mean, I view Tesla as the most disruptive technology company, you know, really over the next five to seven years. So I, I don't view this as a start of a structural downturn for Tesla. I view it as mostly logistical. There are clearly some demand issues that they're navigating. But when I'm able to look far through the trees, I think this is a stock that will yet again ascend, and that's why we, we have a 300 job price target. Were you surprised when Rivian had a recall and when uh, we had supply chain issues with so many of the other electric vehicle makers because they don't have the footprint around the globe the way Tesla does? Look, I think this is, it, it's really become a, a dark cloud for the overall auto space. And we see from the stalwarts from GM, Ford, VW, look in China, Neo, Xping, and others, and of course, Tesla. And look, I think Rivian, that was clearly a black eye for them, especially coming out of the gates. The last thing you want to see when you've already, what's called 14,000 deliveries. I mean, it was pretty small. So even though that was a small recall, that was not the PR you wanted for Rivian. But right now, it's a guilty till proven innocent sort of view of these stocks. And just like you see in Tesla, it's, in a white knuckle backdrop, there's less tolerance for anything to go wrong. And especially when you look at Tesla and the must Twitter situation, that's really what's created that perfect storm causing you know many to sell the stock. You talk about hitting a rough patch, the fork in the road. Uh, Musk himself has said that Tesla is, you know, somewhat re recession resilient, right? Um, what does he need to do now? Um, will he meet numbers by the end of the year? Uh, is, are people going to have the love for Elon Musk and Tesla by the end of the year? Look, I think investors have started to get exhausted to some extent with some of Musk's antics. Now, now Twitter aside, just in terms of some of the talk, right? I mean, you, you know, even last night you talking about market cap and you, you don't want to see a CEO talk about things like that when they just came off a 3Q delivery miss and essentially lowering Q4 deliveries, right? In terms of the 50% target. Right now it's really, it's executing. It's getting back to the musk of 1718, not the musk of 2022. And I think that's, that's what investors want to see because as me and you have talked about before, this is a much different environment than a year ago. And I think patience is wearing thin. They've navigated basically better than any other automaker, but they're also held to a higher standard. And that's why the stock's trading the way it is today. But also, look, the albatross continues to be the Twitter situation because likely Musk is going to have to sell anywhere from 5 to $10 billion incremental Tesla to fund that deal. Right, and and that I think it makes Tesla shareholders really nervous. I know they're still working on funding and still trying to find more and more backers um, who believe in Elon Musk and his vision to move forward with Twitter investing. But um, 
it, it does seem to still have a, a, some uncertainty and an overhang on the Tesla stock. Do you agree? I mean, you're paying ten dollars for a slice of Ray's pizza in New York. In terms of the Twitter deal, I mean, forty-four billion for an asset that's probably worth twenty or twenty-five billion. I mean, he's overpaying. That's why you don't see everyone jumping in. It, it, that would be like overpaying for a house by maybe over 70% and asking if you if you want partners in that deal. And I think, look, that's the frustration here for Tesla investors. I got it. All right. So you have 300 on Tesla. Uh, Twitter, you had never really said you're in on Twitter so much. You always you seem to avoid that one, right? You're not buying in on Twitter stock right now, I don't think, right? Let's move ahead to next yeah. week and mm -hmm. any tech stocks. I think look, next week's the, probably the biggest tech earnings season in the last two years because you need to show fundamental, specifically enterprise, cloud. That's why Microsoft continues to stick out as one. I think that, that that's going to be better than expected and better than feared. I think Apple, despite all the noise, iPhone 14, we continue to believe the pro is better than expectations. And I think that's going to be actually a relief name in terms of going into earnings. So I think Microsoft and Apple stick out. And I think you're going to have strength on AWS cloud and overall enterprise, along with cybersecurity. Those are going to be pockets. My view, I mean, of course, we, you know, this is definitely a risk-off environment. I view tech earnings starting next week as a positive catalyst to a year-end rally, not something that we fear. I love that. So, because we're already seeing people turning a little bit bullish this week, right? We've started to hear, uh, we've seen the market turning and giving it a go. I know we've sold off some now, but maybe this could be some sort of catalyst for a rally. What kind of catalyst for a rally could it really be? I mean, what would it mean to you? Because I know you love Apple. That's the name you've talked about. Um, you had a couple of suppliers show concern, but Apple has many, many suppliers. What's going to be the catalyst to drive the rally from these tech names? I mean, right now, I think New York City cab drivers bearish talking about the 10-year above four, right? So when I just think, I think it's as bearish as I've seen talking to investors since probably 2008. So my, you know, going on 22 years, probably it's as bearish if I go back to that period. And I look at a name like Apple, I believe that if you're able to look out 6, 12, 18 months, I think this is a stock, in our opinion, that that's going to be over 200 hours again. Because of the underlying install base, because of that services business that I think just on evaluation is worth 1.3 to 1.4 trillion. And look, I think in these periods of time, it creates the opportunities to own the highest quality growth names in tech when everyone else is hating them. Everybody's hating Meta too. Quick thought on Meta. Well, I mean, I'm a hater there too because I think at that point, Metaverse is three to five years out, and Zuckerberg does not exactly give uh, you know Winston Churchill like confidence when he uh, talks to investors, and I think that's a big concern here because you know right now their backs against the wall. Metaverse three to five years down, they have massive headwinds on social media. It's a big issue for Meta. I think that could continue to compress lower. I'm glad I squeezed that one in. Dan Ives, I love when you're on the show. Thank you so much. I love all your Great to be here. paraphernalia back there. Thank you, Dan Ives, Managing Director, Equity Research, Wedbush Securities. Thank you, Dan.